0: I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Considering that we are approaching a brand new year, you are not going to want to miss this episode. Cliff Ravenscraft joins me. He has been such an inspiring mentor and entrepreneur in my journey. He's helped me to overcome limiting beliefs that I've had that have really held me back from achieving success and goals and dreams. He's also just an amazingly talented, gifted coach. And I was so honored to have him join me in this episode as a guest. You will be blown away by the value that he shares. He shares his 10-step formula for how to achieve any goal. There's really so much more. You need to listen to the end too because he offers some really great free value at the end that I think you'll get a lot out of. I took mad notes while I was recording this interview, and that's saying a lot because I've heard him say these same things before. But I'm leaving the interview feeling just so inspired and encouraged and ready to set my goals and tackle them. I hope you're really inspired by this episode, too. It is number 472, sponsored by Rank IQ. Are you tired of falling through the cracks as a seasoned food blogger? It's just assumed that once a food blogger gets to a certain number of years or a certain level of traffic, that they don't need resources or direction any longer. We're good, right? No, we're not good. This couldn't be further from the truth. Seasoned food bloggers need guidance and relevant information too. There are ways to find the guidance and support we need, such as high-quality mastermind groups and retreats, but if those options don't align with your budget or your schedule, then you're kind of out of luck. We are relegated to sorting through all the information in Facebook groups when we don't know how trustworthy the sources of information even are. All of this is exactly why my friend Melissa, the blogger behind Mama Gourmand, and I have decided to put together a workshop-style summit geared specifically toward advanced food bloggers. We are gathering no more than 50 people in Denver, Colorado in May 2024 to give monetized food bloggers the love and support they need and deserve. Go to FlavorMediaSummit.net to get all the information you need about speakers, dates, our vision for the event, and to fill out an application. This experience is going to be highly valuable and one of a kind. We cannot wait to see some of you there. Many of the spots have already been taken for this event, so if this is intriguing to you, fill out an application today. Go to FlavorMediaSummit.net, follow the link to tickets and application, and apply today. Cliff Ravenscraft is a master business coach, mentor, and speaker. His focus is to help you break free from any beliefs and behaviors that are holding you back from living the life of your dreams and doing the work you feel most called to do in this world. Hello, Cliff. Thank you so much for joining me on eBlog Talk. How's it going today?
1: Megan, it has never been better. And it gets better every single minute of the day. And I'm so delighted for the opportunity to be a guest on your podcast.
0: I know. It's kind of a pinch me moment. I was a guest on your podcast a few weeks ago. You did a feature on me and our conversation that we had about law of attraction and kind of money mindset and some other fun things. So now you're here. I'm so excited that you're here. You are going to talk about you have 10 steps to achieve any goal. And as we start a new year, this is really important for food bloggers because we have a lot on our plate. So we're going to dive into that in a little bit. But before we get to it, do you have a fun fact to share with us?
1: Because you prepped me ahead of time, what immediately came to my mind as you said, I am going to ask you for a fun fact. Here's one for you. When I was 13 years old, I hosted a weekly illegal radio talk show. On CB radio. And why I say it's illegal is because it is illegal for a person to key up the microphone and tie up the airwaves for more than a certain (laughs) period of time. And I would monologue for 20 to 30 minutes. This was my introduction into the world of broadcasting content out to the world. And then I would unkey the microphone and take in live calls.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. So you did that on CB radio?
1: On CB radio, (laughs) Channel 22, every Tuesday night.
0: Oh, that is so funny. What were some of your favorite topics back then?
1: Oh, just technology of how you can modify your CB unit to remove the limitations and increase your wattage and just different things that are technology related because that was really my interest at the time.
0: Do you feel like that's fortuitous considering you were and are the podcast answer man and you kind of did that in a different realm later in life?
1: I think so. And and I think this is true for a lot of people. I think if you really dig into your childhood before... Back in those days when we were told you could be anything you want when you grow up, and before we were told you should be responsible, nobody gets paid for that, you really need to pick something more you know, <laughs> traditional. Yeah. But if we go back into our childhood, if, if we had some experiences of our greatest passions back then, there's usually an indicator of what typically truly lights us up. And for me, it not, wasn't necessarily the technology of, podcast. It was the fact that I actually could communicate what I like and, and what I love. Mm-hmm. And I could, f- I could communicate that and people would be interested in hearing what I have to say. And those who are also interested in the same kinds of things that I'm interested in, they would not only listen, but provide feedback and we could build relationships, even though we're not face to face. And that's always been the theme of my life.
0: I love that. I love how it ties together. Okay. That is super awesome. I love knowing that you are a CB podcast man, even back in your younger years. We are going to talk about goal setting today and why it's important and how to do it. Would you just briefly give a background on you as an entrepreneur? I don't know if many of my listeners are familiar with you. So just tell us who you are.
1: Sure. I'll keep it brief because I want to focus on the 10-step formula for achieving goals. So real quick thing to know about me. Until January 2008, I spent an entire lifetime as a full-time employee. Eventually, I worked for 12 years in my mom and dad's insurance agency that was started by my grandfather in 1937. I was next in line to take it over. The only thing is, is they hired me to be a technology guy, and then I became a sales guy by default because I did all their tech stuff. But the thing is, is that while I loved a lot of what I was doing as an insurance agent, it still wasn't reaching into what I felt most called to do in the world. Then I started podcasting as a hobby in December 2005 with my wife about the television show Lost. And we instantly grew an audience in a, just a couple of weeks of 27,000 subscribers. Ooh. And that grew to over 60,000. And then we launched other entertainment-based podcasts around television shows and book series series. And we had hundreds of thousands of people around the world, and it just tied into that, oh my gosh, people are interested in hearing what I'm having to say. And we recognized that it was having an impact in people's lives. People were being inspired and encouraged, and people are literally changing their behaviors in a positive way as a result of insights they were getting out of the things they were hearing in our podcast. And it took about 18 months to finally transition from oh my gosh, what would life be like if I could do this for a living instead of selling insurance in the family business and taking over the insurance agency? And 18 months later, I'm full-time self-employed. That first year, I only made $11,000 net income but worked around the clock and Mm -hmm. put myself in the hospital where I almost died and decided, you know what, maybe I should look into this personal and professional development side of things. And that put me on a whole different journey and since then, in my online business, I've trained more than 40,000 people around the world to how to launch a podcast. I no longer do that today, but I've generated millions of dollars in sales in online courses, online workshops, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, paid conferences, physical equipment, all of the fun stuff. And since November 2017, I transitioned away from teaching people how to podcast. And today I am a business and mindset coach.
0: And the most gifted one, I can say firsthand, knowing that you are so good at what you do. So thank you for that background. So let's get into your formula to kind of frame this. Why do you think this is really important for food bloggers to hear? Why is goal setting so important?
1: Well, I think it's important for anyone to hear, but specifically for food bloggers chances are you're looking to achieve things with your food blog you're putting a lot of time effort and energy into this passion of yours and whether you want to make it a full-time career or you want it to at least maybe cover its own expenses so that it you know it's not costing you out of pocket chances are there are goals that you would like to achieve now for me i think it's important because at, going into 2010 one of my podcast co-hosts at the time said, hey, Cliff, since we're getting ready to start a new year next week, this was December of 2009, he said, Cliff, why don't we share our goals for 2010? And I laughed, and he's like, (laughs) what's so funny? I said, I don't set goals, I don't believe in them. And he's like, what, I've never heard such nonsense. And I said, well, it, it goes back to when I was in, I think I was fourth grade, and one of my teachers talked about New Year's resolutions, and she said that, I think it's 82% of the people who set new year's resolutions fail to continue to work on them or even achieve any success by the second week in February. And so in essence, she said, new year's resolutions just don't work. That's what a teacher told Mm. me in fourth grade. Now, I was taught that teachers are educated, they know their stuff, and that we should respect the things that they're teaching us. And I just accepted that as truth. Now, in my mind, I made a leap. I made a connection in my brain that what is a New Year's resolution? Well, it's goal setting. It just so happens to be tied to the beginning of a new year. So what I witnessed in my own life was there were a number of times that I had set goals and sure enough, I'd see some great success for two weeks, three weeks, four, six weeks. But eventually, right around that six to eight-week range, I've given up on it. I've lost interest or whatever. And it, it reminded me of what that teacher said. And it doesn't matter if I start a new goal on the first day of a new week, the first day of a new month, or a first day of the new year. It's just clear from my own experience and all these other people around me, it seems – I was self-fulfilling prophecy and filtering for people who validated my belief at the time. But I found a lot of evidence to support that beliefs don't work. And as a result of that, I lived a rather mediocre life compared to what looking back in hindsight was possible for me all the way through 2010.
0: So did that change your behavior once your co-host prompted you and asked you why you didn't plan?
1: Yeah, well, what happened was I'm like, well, he says, why don't you just make up something and share it and we'll see how things go. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I came up with 10 10 goals that I would go after in the year ahead. And I'm like, you know, why not? And I shared my real true experience. And somehow I came across a four-step formula for how to achieve goals. Somebody had sent it to me. And the four-step formula was real simple. It's number one, believe that it's possible. Number two, write it down. Number three, tell others. And number four, work the plan as it becomes available. And I'm like, that's way too easy. There's no way this could happen. So I decided I've got a goal. I'll try it out. I had a goal. I wanted to meet this guy named Dan Miller, author of the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. His book radically transformed The way that I experience work, all of a sudden I broke free from a lot of limiting beliefs about what it means to earn money. I was no longer afraid to charge people for the work that I was doing. I sent invoices more freely. I received more income as a result, and I was podcasting about my experience. I did an entire commentary on his book, and I just wanted to let him know that as a result of his book, I'm now making three times the income that I was prior to reading this book. And other people are reporting similar changes. So I had a goal. I want to meet Dan Miller. Now, I don't want to meet Dan. And, I, and my goal wasn't just to meet him, like go to a conference after where he's talking, shake his yeah. hand, and he's forgotten who I am at lunchtime. Instead, I wanted to have a real conversation that would be so profound that he would remember me and maybe even talk about me. Not that it was important that he talk about me, but that he would, it would make an impact. So – I set that as a goal. By the way, there was another goal associated with it to meet somebody else, Leo Laporte. I'll just stick on the Dan Miller goal for just a second, though. So what did I do? I'm like, okay, four-step formula. Do I believe this is possible? Sure. I mean, he's a human. I'm a human. He's alive. I'm alive. (laughs) There's, there's There's a lot of different communication tools. I don't have any real problem thinking this is possible. I listened to his podcast. He seems like a nice enough guy. And, and I, I would imagine this must be possible. So I didn't have anything in my belief system that blocked me from believing this could happen. So that was step number one achieved. Number two was super simple. All I had to do was turn around and I had a whiteboard and a dry erase marker. And I wrote down goal equals, I will meet Dan Mm -hmm. Miller. That's it. Boom. Boom. That step is now achieved. Third step, tell others about it. I had a podcast called Pursuing a Balanced Life. I recorded a podcast episode titled A Four-Step Formula to Achieve Any Goal? And then I told this story that I found this and it's all about my goals and my experiences and I'm going to put this to test. So I believe this is possible. I've written it down and here I am telling you. right. So now, by the way, the fourth step, so, so the third step is now achieved, right? The fourth step is work the plan as it becomes available. Mm -hmm. So I published that podcast episode and not kidding you, 45 minutes after hitting the publish button, I get an email from Andy Traub and it says, do you want to meet Dan Miller question mark in the subject line? And he says, Cliff, Andy Traub here. I love your podcast. By the way, I saw your, your title. I had to listen immediately. I work on Dan Miller's team. I'm one of his contracted oh workers. He already knows who you are, and people have told him to reach out to you for help with his podcast, and he would love to meet you. Would you like me to set up a time? Oh,
0: my gosh, Cliff. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> 45 minutes later. Now, I get, I get connected. I then get an email, and within two hours, I'm scheduled to do a podcast interview with my number one mentor on the planet, all right? I'm I'm like a little girl, like, ah, I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that's even appropriate for me to say anymore, but that's how I felt. Yeah, oh, my gosh, I can't believe totally. this. Totally. So I was like a Swifty at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> yes. All right. So I can't believe this. I'm interviewing him for my podcast. This is so surreal. And then at the end of the podcast, he says, Cliff, let, can I schedule a one-on-one coaching call with you? And I'm like, heck yeah. And so one week later, I'm doing a coaching call with him. I give him some very real, authentic, transparent feedback. I wasn't holding back anything. Dude, he says, I love that you you felt comfortable enough to share that. That's in alignment with the feedback I've been getting from my audience about my audio quality. Can you recommend what equipment? Tell me what you have. And I told him about all this expensive gear I had. But I said, you could get by with much less. He goes, no, I want what you have. I'll tell you what. Cliff, I see that you sell equipment. Can you order all of that? Have it shipped to your house. And would you be interested in coming down to my home here in Nashville, Tennessee? What? I'll put you up in my guest room. My wife's going out of town for the weekend. And you and I can spend the day together and build a podcast studio. I'll take you out to dinner and I'll take you out to a show in Nashville. And all of that happened within two weeks of me having the idea that this is my goal. Wow! I became a firm believer in goal setting at that moment.
0: Wow. Okay. I had heard portions of that story, but I did not hear that whole thing. You went to his house and how did that go? I'm just curious.
1: Oh gosh. We went out, I went down there and I'm like, you have no idea. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is really happening to me. And we go out to dinner together and we went to this show called The Tokens Show. Ironically, It was, by the way, it's like a version of the Garrison Keillor show or whatever that old time radio show is. It was like that. All of these super high profile celebrities, both in country music and pop music and all this other stuff. But it was this variety show. It was put together by this guy. And and it was just the most incredible experience. It was held at the Ryman Theater. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And Dan takes me backstage and I meet this guy. And that guy, by the way, became a client just a couple of months later. Oh, wow. So what happened is the next day, we spend the entire day together. I'm setting up his thing. And since then, Dan Miller is responsible. I could literally, if I were to trace back all of my clients and then trace back all of my income, where did this income from? It came from this client. And how did that client hear about me? I can tell you right now, At least five million dollars in revenue is directly traceable or indirectly traceable all the way back to setting that goal to meeting Dan Miller.
0: Oh gosh. Okay. So moral of the story: goal setting is important and can produce magical, amazing results. Yes. Yes. Okay. That is the
1: moral of the (laughs) story. That's the
0: moral. So talk us through your 10 steps. I know you have a formula for goal setting.
1: Right. Since we are Normally, I teach this as a 90-minute workshop. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down and do this very quickly. First and foremost, I want to tell you that for those who come from a faith background, especially the biblical background, I'm just going to throw this out there. There is a one-step formula for how to achieve any goal, and a lot of people don't know that this exists, but it's simply this. Step number one, ask. Mm. That's it. This, by the way, the second step is receive. So basically, second step is goal achievement. So it's a one-step formula for getting whatever it is that you truly want and desire in life. It is to ask. However, you know there's, there are some nuances. And there was a lot of value in, number one, believing that it was possible, making sure that I didn't have any beliefs that stood in the way. There was a lot of valuable, and there's some neuroscience behind writing things down and what happens in that process. There was a lot of value has evidence from the story itself in telling others about my goal. And there's a lot of value in understanding it's working the system as it becomes available. And as it becomes available was a huge insight for me in that I don't have to have the whole understanding of how everything's going to work. I just need to start taking the first action, no matter how small. So that four-step formula was very valuable. But as I began to set lots of goals, I recognized there were even more nuances. So what you're going to get is now my fully developed 10-step formula that is proven to get whatever you want to create in this world. So are you ready? I'm ready. Step number one, know what you want. Be very specific about what you want. Now, you might think, Cliff, that's pretty crazy. Everybody knows what they want. Everybody thinks they know mm-hmm. what they want, but they really don't understand the full complexity of what they want. And there's a little bit more, which by the way, leads to step number two, know why you want what you want. Here's what I will tell you. The reason why I know that this isn't an oversimplistic step and it's one that you should not pass. You should not skip the what do I want and getting clear and specific about what it is. And step number two, why you want it. Here's how I know that most people struggle with this. I will give you an assignment. You set a timer for one hour, grab a piece of paper or a document digitally and put 50 things I want. And on the left-hand side from top to bottom, go one through 50. All right. And if it's on a piece of paper, do one through 25, flip it over, do 26 through 50. Here's the situation. You have 60 minutes, and your goal is to write 50 things you want without any judgment whatsoever. You can't ask yourself – at this point, it's not important. It's It comes in later. So do not ask, is this possible? Don't ask, is this responsible? Don't ask, is this morally – You know, good for me to ask when other people are suffering so much or whatever. Don't put any filters on there whatsoever. Your goal is to see if you can have a flow of understanding of what your subconscious mind desires for you to experience in this world. So, can you create a constant flow of what you want? So many of us have been conditioned that doing such a thing is bad. So, I would encourage you just, it's not like you have to do anything with this list. It's just, can you create a list? Most people say, Cliff, I spent an hour and the most I could get was about 28 or Mm. 32. And they struggle. And and some of my clients that work with me, they tend to take a couple of more days or even a week to get to that 50th item. By the way, if you want to continue this exercise out in a powerful way, after you get your list of 50. Open up another document and it's my top 10 dreams and go through the list and say, should this be on my top 10? Don't worry about what order they're in. It doesn't matter. That will just don't let that filtering process even concern you. If you're going through the list of 50 and another idea comes to your mind that should be on your top 10 list, but it's not on the top 50, go ahead and put it in your top 10 and just write it as a 51st item. Now, once you have your top 10 dreams, now create another document or at the bottom of that document to put your top three goals. And your top three goals you are going to prioritize. Out of the 10 items here, what's the most important? Put that as number one, then number two, then number three. Then I would encourage you to take number one and apply this 10-step formula to it. All right. Are you ready to move on?
0: I am ready. So I'm writing notes. I've kind of done this before, but this is really interesting to break it down the way you are. So yes, I'm ready for the next one.
1: Wonderful. And by the way, clients who and and even people at my conference who have done this exercise, it's amazing. I encourage you to keep that list, set a calendar reminder for one year from today, and then pull up this document. And even if you did nothing, If you made no plans, never thought about it again consciously, at least two or three or four or five of those things will actually show up and manifest into your life.
0: Yeah, that's cool. All
1: right. So step number three, this will be familiar, believe that it's possible. If you don't believe that it's possible, you're simply not going to think creatively about the plans and put your time, effort, and energy investing in what it would take on your behalf to make that a reality. So it is essential that you believe it's possible. It's like, oh, you might think, oh, I do believe it. That's great, there's a lot of things that you might have are are in beliefs that are in support of it, but is there anything that comes up for you that is an alternative, contradictory belief that maybe if I have this and I succeed, people won't like me, and I have an even greater desire to be liked?
0: What do we do with those contradictory beliefs if they do come up?
1: Yeah, I think, well, number one, be incredibly grateful that you recognize that there's some contradiction inside of the programming of your subconscious mind. Awareness is the first step to overcoming those issues that limit us from living the life we feel called to live in this world. So number one, appreciate the fact that you are aware that there's this contradiction. Second, I would encourage you to go through some sort of Self-care process, whether that you're able to do that on your own as a result of things you've learned like techniques and skills, journaling, meditation, having conversations with people who have alternative views on those types of beliefs. Or potentially working with a coach or somebody else who, or a mastermind group or some other individuals who are equipped to help you with some strategies to not only uncover those unconscious contradictory beliefs that are keeping you from taking action, but also once you've uncovered them, how to disassociate with them and how to replace them with empowering beliefs. And at the end of our talk today, I will give you a a, a Talk and access to my opening keynote address to the Free the Dream conference called All Beliefs Have Consequences. So stick around to the end if you want free access to that. Okay. So you have to believe that it's possible.
0: Okay. And then what's next after you believe?
1: Step number four, you have to decide that you must have it. It's not enough to say it'd be nice. I really want it. You know, it'd be great if. No, I will. Have this. Not only I will have it, I must. That's why you have to really dig into that step number two, why this is important to you. There's a key word here, decide. Now, in the root word of decide, which is C-I-D, side, is pesticide, homicide, decide. The root word side actually means to kill. And so when you are deciding that you will have this, you are literally killing in your mind any other potential future outcome in your imagination other than you having this. That's what a true decision is. In fact, the root word of decision is cision, which is to cut off. You're cutting off any imagined future where this is not yours.
0: There's no other option. You have to do it.
1: That's a decision. There is no other. Exactly.
0: Yep. Okay. So we've decided what's next?
1: All right. So step number five, write it down. Now there's a a psychological study that was done and it's just proven. And and it's by Dr. Gail Matthews. And you can just research Dr. Gail Matthews, uh, 42% write it down in Google. You'll find all the details, but just know this simply writing your goals down with your own fingers and a writing instrument you are 42% more likely to have those goals become a reality just because you wrote them down, even if you never think about them again.
0: That's powerful. Yep. Do you write down just once or do you do it daily or how often do you write your goals?
1: Well, there's a lot of value in writing it down repeated times and things of that nature. And I don't think that there's any one way that I do it. So... For me I find a lot more value in the telling others about it and report and there's some later steps that I'm going to get okay. into that I find drive it home for me more. However, there are some people who are going to benefit greatly by writing it down more. You could probably research this very esoteric teaching that's sometimes related to Nikola Tesla. And it's the three, six, nine principle. And I haven't studied it fully myself, but there's a lot of people who swear by this idea of what is your goal, writing it down. And I don't know how it works. You'd have to research it, but it's like, write it down three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon or nine times. I don't even know how it works. (laughs) There's a lot of people who do it and there is something powerful about writing it down. I typically, when I have a goal, I write it down and then I'm like, okay, that was an incredibly powerful step for me. I get what it meant for me to write it down. It's kind of like once I've written it down, it's it's kind of like signing a contract. It just became real. It became more tangible. Yeah. And so that's, an, that's enough for me. But it's really the following steps for me personally that really drive it home. So anyway, does that answer your yes. question? Yep.
0: So on to okay.
1: number six. Yep. Number six is place your goals where you can see them. Now, some people may have heard of vision boards, and there's an infinite number. You can create Pinterest boards with all sorts of ideas and creative things. You can make an image and put it on the desktop wall or the wallpaper of your desktop. There's all sorts of things, but I'd love to tell you a real quick story about this.
0: Food bloggers, are you wanting to tap into additional revenue and improve your site experience for users? chicory might be a great solution for you. Chicory is a leading monetization platform for food bloggers, enabling you to integrate highly relevant shoppable ads into your recipe content, and earn revenue from top CPG brands. Chicory's hyper-contextual ads and shoppable technology will help you improve your site experience and engagement, allowing your readers to go from inspiration to checkout in just a few clicks. Enjoy easy installation and ongoing access to the Chicory team at zero cost to you. Chicory makes it easy to track your earnings, optimize your blog content using recipe insights and connect with its team. Plus with integrations with leading ad networks such as Mediavine and 60 plus retailers, Chicory makes it so simple to get started earning revenue today. Head to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources and click the Chicory link to get started. Scroll down to the Chicory logo, click the button that says learn more about Chicory Or you can go to chicory.co slash foodbloggers to learn more and sign up. That's chicory.co slash foodbloggers.
1: So I had a client. He signed up for my Day with Cliff package, which is a one-day, eight-hour mentoring session with me. You have to travel here to my home in northern Kentucky. And he had paid $7,500 for his Day with Cliff package. We went out to lunch and I was joking about the fact that it's a good thing that Stephanie didn't have any things this morning. Otherwise, we would have had to Uber to lunch today because I don't have a car right now and I'm not a car guy. So I don't even know if I have an interest in a car. And I told him that I had just given my car to my oldest daughter who was driving our other two back and forth to school. Anyway, he says, you're not a car guy. And I said, no, not even in the slice because you've never had a dream car. And then I'm like, OK, now that. That language (laughs) sparks something in me. If I ever had a dream car, maybe there's two cars that come to mind. One is Tesla just because of the technology and stuff like that. But I just don't think it's practical at this time. And it's really not a dream of mine. But when I hear the word dream car, yes, classic Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved classic Volkswagen Beetles. There's just something about the smell of it. It takes me back to a time when my aunt had one – my great aunt had one of these and my dad would drive me around in it. And there were times when my cousins had one as a dune buggy. And I mean it's just – Yes. I, so let me just tell you, and I started to get animated and we're <laughs> on our way to lunch and I'm telling the story and he could just, I'm lit up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, let me tell you how much of a car guy I am. Like, there's never been a time when I've si- seen one for sale on the side of road that I didn't stop. I always stop. I don't even care if there are doors on the car. <laughs> I stop and look at this thing that's for sale. I sit in it and I'm like, ah, oh, I, I want one of these. So anyway, we have our day with Cliff. And he asked me, he says, Cliff, how much would one of those cost? I said, well, if I wanted one, I'd probably want one in, in the early 70s. I said, I was born in 1973, so I think, you know, somewhere around 73 would be awesome. I would want it in good enough condition where the, you know, I just turn the key and it starts because I'm not really mechanically inclined and I'd have to pay somebody else to do all the maintenance. So in the condition that I want, what I've noticed it's it's somewhere between 7000 to $10,000. He goes, interesting. And then we went to lunch and I forgot about it and we finished our day together. A Couple of days later, I get a package in the mail and a note that says, Cliff, thank you so much for the time you invested with me and helping me make my dream become a reality. Here's a little gift that will hopefully make yours become reality moving forward. And it was a little aluminum die cast one twenty second of scale of a classic 1973 Volkswagen Beetle, exactly like I told him. The doors open up, the bonnet in front opens, and it just sat there on my desk every day. And about two weeks of playing with this car, like every morning, I would play with this car on my desk. I'd look inside, and I'd get that feeling that I had Mm -hmm. when I was telling him about this dream. And then it occurred to me, he asked me the question, how much would it cost to have one of these? And I just realized that I had just made in one day what it would cost me to own that car. And so I felt this inspiration to open up Facebook Marketplace and search classic Volkswagen Beetle. And I found this 1974 classic Volkswagen Beetle for $9,000 with 5,500 miles on it that's sold by a dealership that's 50 miles from my house. And I'm like, I want that car. And I told my wife, I said, hey, how much do you love me? She goes, what do you want this (laughs) time? And I told her and she goes, why don't you go to the gym, get your workout in. And if you still want it, when you come back, let's go take a look at it. And or you can go take a look at it. And so I went to the gym and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I I want this. I've I'm messaging the car dealership on Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) That afternoon, I actually my I take my dad and he and I go to go look at this car, and it starts right up, and I drove it home that evening. So two weeks of that little visual reminder sitting on my desk, that car was in my driveway. Oh I'm my sorry, gosh. in my garage, not in my driveway, because it's too precious.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And the feeling, you talked about the feeling, I think that is an important element too, right? Like you you can have words on a vision board or something like that, but unless you have that emotion that's tied to it. It's not as strong. Do you agree with that?
1: I do agree with that. It is all about that felt vision. Like when I was, when I was playing with that car, I imagined myself like 22 times smaller sitting in the front seat of the car.
0: Oh yeah. And you connected with that feeling, which goes back to kind of your steps one and two knowing what you want and why you want it so you can tap into the feeling and the emotion, right? It makes it all more powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's this story about Walt Disney and, and his opening day of Walt Disney World, which he had died before that day came. And I've, it, it's an apocryphal story. And I don't know if it's true, but it's a story that still illustrates this. And the actual punchline, it delivers the insight. So here it is. It was either Roy Disney or it was Walt Disney's wife was being interviewed by a reporter on opening day. And it's like, it's such a shame that Walt isn't here to see this. And the response, have you heard the story, Megan? I heard it on your podcast. Yep. Okay. The story says that the response was, hey, I want to let you know, Walt did see this.
0: Mm. And
1: because he saw it, you now get to see it. Yes. I love that. That's powerful. Yeah.
0: Okay, so first of all, do you still have the car? Do you still have the bug?
1: Yeah, it's in my garage, and I absolutely love it. I'll never forget the. I, I created a vlog while I was, uh, you know, driving, and and then I got in the front seat, and and just this flood of endorphins, mm-hmm. and it opened up and unlocked memories of my childhood. And I named my car Abigail, and my license plate is Abby seventy four. But the Abigail, the name Abigail means the father's joy. And there are so many different layers of meaning of the father's joy. When I get into it, I remember my my biological dad who died in June of – or was it June or May? It was, I think it was May of 2015. So it reminded me of my connection with my dad. And it reminded me to some of the more positive things of, of my dad. So it reminds the, – the smell of a Vol- classic Volkswagen Beetle is unique and, and it's the same in all cars. It comes from having the gas tank right up in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> in the bonnet. But anyway, the smell immediately reminded me of times when I was w- with my dad. And it's a stick shift. And it reminded me of when I was 15 years old and my dad was actually teaching me how to drive a stick shift in his Honda Accord back in the – or Honda Civic. I can't remember which it was. I think it was a Honda Civic hatchback. Anyway, but I remembered you know, every time I'm shifting the gear and pushing the clutch in and all this stuff that I do just naturally and easily today – it reminded me of my dad teaching me those skills. And it just, it's just the joy of my dad teaching me that skill came flooding back to me. And then there's the joy of the father, which for me is God. You know, sometimes I have this association of God, the father, if you will. And and it's just like, ah, what a great gift it is to live an abundant life and to to know that I have the ability to serve and to do the kind of ministry in the world that I feel called to do. And I get paid so incredibly well. And I just felt the joy and it's like the sunshine and just the smile of God looking down on me and says, listen, I'm so proud of you. And I felt that, you know, and it's like just so many things came up for me that day.
0: Mm. And does it still come up for you when you drive? I'm assuming you still drive Abigail.
1: I do. I don't drive her as often as I desire because sometimes I forget, you know, (laughs) but yeah, every time I get behind the wheel, I literally There is a different universe that exists when I sit in the front seat of that car.
0: Oh, I love that. That's such a great story.
1: It's like the wardrobe in Narnia. (laughs) When I get into the front seat of the car, I'm literally driving through a different experience of of the surroundings.
0: Oh, the magic. Cool. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then so placing your goals where you can see them. Do you have recommendations for that? Like... I know you mentioned vision boards, you mentioned like desktops. Where else can we place our goals where we can see them?
1: So uh, I have nothing against vision boards and those, you know, the, I I think some people go out to and get the craft, you know, whatever that piece is, the project board for school and they paste magazine pictures on them. That's the classic vision board. I have nothing against, I've never done one of those. I think they're fine. Pinterest boards, I've already mentioned that. But I'm a real big person of like some sort of model and physical reality. So one of my goals was to build my business to $60,000 a month, right? So I I, want to consistently generate a minimum of $60,000 a a month in my business. So one of the things that I went to Amazon and I searched uh, play money or it's called prop money and these – dollar bills look absolutely authentic. I mean, they look real. However, they do say play money in in places where it would normally say things otherwise, but it looks stunningly. If I was to hold it up to camera and do a vlog with it or whatever, you would see that I have six stacks of $10,000 each of $100 bills. And they're always sitting right there in front of me. I always have a visual reminder of $60,000 in cash sitting in front of me saying that is my goal to bring that in every month with what I'm doing in my business.
0: Hmm. I think I've seen your stacks before. I think you've held them up for me on camera and they do look quite real.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, another reminder that there's a free access to my all beliefs have consequences talk from my free the dream conference you're gonna get free access to and I used to have a habit in the first year of my online business of throwing money away and I'm go- I'm going to let you in and I'm tearing I'm taking away but you're gonna see me tear up three100 dollar bills Ooh. and you may if you have headphones on hear the audible gasp in the audience <laughs> when I do that.
0: Oh that's funny okay we will tune in for that. Are we on number seven?
1: Yes we're on number seven which is also very familiar, tell others. Now, Michael Hyatt is one of my mentors. And it's funny because he had seen a Ted talk by this guy named Derek Sivers, who explained why or made a case maybe, for why you should never tell people your goals out loud. And I absolutely love Michael Hyatt. I just disagree very respectfully, but disagree on this topic. There's a lot of case to be made for why you might not want to tell others. But my experience of telling others about my goals publicly has oftentimes Mm -hmm. led me to some of the next steps in that plan that I need to work to to get closer to my goal. As I told you, if I didn't tell people about my goal to meet Dan Miller, would I have generated the $5 million from all the people who Dan Miller directly referred me. Or by the way, Michael Hyatt was a personal referral from Dan Miller Uh to me, which I mean, it it just goes on and on and on. So absolutely. I am a huge fan for telling others because oftentimes somebody will, when you tell somebody what your goal is, they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Have you read this book? Have you seen this course? Have you talked to so-and-so? Have you tried you know, getting this over here. Have you thought about doing this? And it's those conversations that have always given me some great pieces of the puzzle or some of the massive action plan that I work towards creating those goals into or turning those goals into reality.
0: So maybe you would have met Dan Miller eventually, but you're telling others really, you know, it made it faster.
1: Yeah. And and it made it faster. And not only that, but when I did my free the dream conference, for example, and I told people what my goals were there, I could have achieved things. But if I relied on my own efforts, just hindsight, knowing what I know now, my very first free the dream conference, I might have, I would have invested $65,000 in the production of this high level event. But I just knowing what I know now, I would have had about 30 or 40 people there. And that's not, that would not have been very good at all. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's only because of telling other people about my goal. It's like, hey, you should, you should consider doing this marketing effort. You should consider reaching out to this. You should actually be a guest on such and such podcast because they love to help promote events like this. And it's like, ah, and as a result of that, I didn't, you know, it, it was a whole lot more successful than it would have been had I not told others. That's the, that's the key here that I want to express is when you tell others, oftentimes it's those people who have those missing elements in your own mind of, I I just don't know how this is going to happen. And so much can come from others and that, and how would they be able to give it to you unless you tell them what you're going after?
0: That's the scariest part of this whole thing for me is telling others, (laughs) honestly, as, as you're talking through it, I'm like, Oh, this is the part, this is the stage where I tend to get hung up.
1: Well, and there's a lot to uncover about that. And that would be where there's some contradictory beliefs. What would people think about me mm-hmm. and how would they feel about me if they knew I was trying to do this or what would people think about me or how would people feel about me and how would this impact my credibility if I told people I was doing this and failed right. and w- what if I do fail and then w- what if I succeed and and then you may have fears or imagined ideas of what that might lead to that is not very pleasing so there's a lot that's why i said it there's a lot of things that are subconsciously all beliefs have consequences and unfortunately we're unaware of a, approximately 95% of the beliefs that cause us to do or not do the things we do
0: so i have some things to work through <laughs> on this point <laughs> But that's good to know, right? I mean, awareness, like you said earlier, being aware of where you're getting hung up is the first kind of step to figuring out where you're limited.
1: Exactly. Finding out that you're limited in this belief is an incredibly empowering first step in overcoming it. It's a blessing. And the other thing is, the other thing is, is you also may choose very intentionally about who you will tell yeah there may be it, it's very clear that through this process you might tell some people and if you're struggling to maintain that level of confidence in your own belief and you talk to some negative people in your life and they shoot some ideas down and you tend to let that impact you well there's a lot of things to learn in, about your own resiliency and what your own beliefs are but still you may find that for a while you want to maybe speak to and tell your dreams to more supportive people. And and it might be an indicator that you need to upgrade your peer group.
0: Mm, Yes, that's a good point too. Okay. So once I actually get to the point of telling others, what do I do next?
1: The next is take massive action now. Create a MAP. MAP stands for massive action plan. And step eight is simply asking a bunch of questions So here's what I would recommend that you do write down the answers to these questions. What's one, two, or three actions I can take within the next 24 hours, no matter how small those things seem, they will move me closer towards my goal. I don't care if it's a millimeter, but what are one, two, or three actions and just let your subconscious mind give you ideas. If you're struggling to come up with ideas, sit down with a business partner or your spouse or a friend or a coach or a mastermind group, somebody who can help you brainstorm some of these things. The next question, what's one, two, or three actions I can take within the next seven days? What's one, two, or three actions I can take within the next 30 days? What are one, two, or three actions I can take within the next 90 days? What's one, two, or three actions I can take within the next six months? And then if it's out more than a year, what's one, two, or three actions I can take over the next 12 months? Now, the reason for asking the same question for each of the different time periods is because the different time periods will give you more flexibility in what you're willing to put into the massive action plan within that time frame. So, for example, I'm probably not going to say, I'm going to record... 15 podcast episodes in the next 24 hours but you know what i'm you know over the next 90 days i'm committed to creating 15 podcast episodes on this with this call to action so that's what i mean by
0: okay that yeah something realistic. so now
1: you yeah and so the and once you create this plan by the way go and create answers to all of those questions right now literally right now okay and then here's what you have to understand Just look at what you've written down for the next 24 hours and go and do those things. Those one, two, or three things. Now you have what's called momentum. You've broken inertia. You're now moving towards your goal. doesn't matter how small the step is. You've taken a step. You've got momentum. And just build on it. Now, guess what? You can ask yourself the next day, okay, here's what I've got for this, what I wrote down for seven days. Out of this, what can I do? and by the way, is there anything that I wrote within the seven days that I can do within the next 24 hours? Hopefully within seven of those 24 hour period of times, you've knocked off all seven of the things that you said you could do within seven days. Mm -hmm. And you just say, and you just keep doing this process over and over again. By the way, some of these ideas that you wrote down, when you get there, you just like, ah, you know what? Now that I have greater insight or clarity or some more information to work with, this is the wrong thing, but I'm going to keep adding new things. You can ask yourself those questions as frequent as you like. This is your massive action plan, and the important thing is just to consistently take massive action. And massive doesn't mean big, huge things, although some of them will be eventually, but massive action just means lots of action being taken, no matter how small the actions are. Did that all land well.
0: Yes, I love that. And just from working with a lot of food bloggers, this is the point that I see people having a lot of problems with. Personally, I don't have a problem with this point, like actually taking the action and getting that momentum going. But I see a lot of people really getting hung up with this.
1: And the reason they're getting hung up with this is because of beliefs. There are subconscious beliefs inside of them that fears, if I take these actions, then Mm. fill in the blank.
0: So that's what, if you do have this problem, that's what you should ask yourself. And then maybe write it out, bring it to a group, bring it to a trusted coach or something, right?
1: Absolutely. So number nine is once you have started to take action, you want to evaluate your results. You took the action. Did that get me closer to my goal? Am I at my goal? Is there any, were the results that I got desirable? Don't worry about success or failure. Those are not important. What's important is results. You will always get results if you always take action. You may not always like the results. That's okay. Because step nine is just to evaluate the results. Don't label them success or failure. Just label the results desired or undesired. And if you're getting results that are desired, ask yourself this question. Should this be repeated? I can't begin to tell you the number of things that I could accomplish in my life Megan, if I would just repeat what I already Uh, know works incredibly well.
0: Yeah, it took me a long time to learn that one. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think a lot of us can say that.
1: And then if the results are undesirable, then change your approach is step number 10. And you keep changing your approach over and over again until you have achieved that outcome.
0: Oh, this is the formula that we all need to bring into 2024. This is so good. I took a ton of notes, even though I've heard you say these things many times before. I still have new notes here. So thank you, Cliff.
1: I love that. And by the way, there's a bonus and it's called role modeling.
0: All right. Tell us about that.
1: Role modeling is find somebody who is already successfully doing exactly what it is that you want to do and then make a goal to learn as much you as you can about them. You might learn about why what was their reason why. What motivated them to take action and to create that. You want to maybe dig into what are some of their beliefs that support their ability to take such bold actions in their life? And what beliefs did they have to overcome? If you could find that out, look and see what was their decisions? What did they decide? What did they choose would be what they would be willing to pay to get this as far as an investment of time, effort and energy? make sure that you find out who are they working with who's their network what allowed them to do it so that when they told people what they're working on they had the support necessary what actions have they taken what are the what are the approaches that they've taken and if you find a role model they you can actually shortcut this process so much by reducing the trial and error the take action having no clue what kind of results find somebody who's been down this road been there done that you got all the bruises and and all the scars from all the <laughs> undesirable results and they're like listen this is this is what i've done and this is why sometimes you you sign up for somebody's course or you go to a conference and somebody or you listen to a podcast and it's like oh my gosh that was amazing i got this great insight wonderful take that and learn from that experience and just get further faster with the use of a role model and just incorporate what you're learning into this 10-step formula.
0: Amazing. I love the bonus. Cliff, you're always an inspiration. Thank you for all of this. I love it. And this is such a great message for food bloggers as we journey into a new year together. I know you have, like, you have an amazing podcast. You have some courses, workshops going on. Do you just want to tell everyone where to find you? What are you promoting right now? Anything you want to say?
1: Well, as long as I don't get, you don't cause me to skip my favorite quote. Oh,
0: we'll get to your quote.
1: Because I know that's a part of your format. <laughs> okay, so do the quote later. Yes. All right. So, yes, let me let me do some self, shameless self-promotion here. So, first and foremost, I want to tell you about a workshop that I created. It's an 11-step formula for how to build an online business. And the reason why most people fail and the reason why I stopped teaching People, how to podcast. Even though I was making more than a half a million dollars a year and I taught 40,000 people how to launch a podcast, in November 2017, I stopped teaching people how to podcast because create a podcast is step number eight. It's called create content. So creating your website, creating your blog, creating your email newsletter content, your podcast, all of that stuff is step eight in an 11-step formula. And if you miss the first seven steps, it's probably the reason why you're not making significant, consistent, recurring revenue in your business. Matter of fact, my favorite thing that happened when people would hire me and they'd pay me $2,000 for my podcasting A to Z course was by the end of the four weeks, I convinced them not to launch a podcast. And they were thrilled with their $2,000 investment. It's because I then told them the the 11 step formula. They started with step number one. And today, most of those people now have thriving online businesses. I created an entire workshop that I used to teach here in my home. We have a place that we built called the next level studio. And I've since turned that into an online course called building an online business workshop. Anyway, it, building an online business online course. And here's the thing. It, people who came here live paid $2,000 for that one and a half day experience. Every session has been video recorded and is available in my Kajabi account. And for $999, you can go through the entire course. If you go to nextlevelworkshop.info, you can see the sales page for this as a in-person workshop, and it says, click here to join the waiting list. Go ahead and go to nextlevelworkshop.info and read all the testimonials and read all the things that are included. That's what's included in this online course. But the only way you'll get the online course is if you email me cliff at cliffravenscraft.com and put eat blog talk in the subject line And then in your email, say, Cliff, I want your building an online business offer for $9.99. I'll give you a link where you can sign up for instant access to the course. You can go through it at your will, and you get a complimentary 90-minute one-on-one full coaching experience with me to answer all of your questions that you would have had had you been in the workshop in person. So that's available to you for $9.99 if you email me cliff at cliffravenscraft.com.
0: Oh, my gosh. I really hope people take you up on that. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Just the 90 minutes alone. I mean, I can't speak to your workshop, but the 90 minutes alone, is it's so worth it. So, yeah, I hope you get some traction on that. And then mention your podcast, too, because that's amazing as well.
1: Sure. My podcast is called The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And there are currently 713 episodes out there that will help you take your message, your business, your life to the next level. And I feature very heavily on business mindset. So that's over at the thecliffravenscraftshow.com or in your favorite podcast directory. And then can I mention my free online keynote address? Yes, yes, yes. So if you go over to mindsetanswerman.com slash free, you'll get instant access to the opening keynote address titled All Beliefs Have Consequences. This one keynote will help you understand if you are failing to achieve your goals, if you are failing to successfully, consistently create revenue on an ongoing basis in your business efforts, I'm telling you, it is the beliefs that you hold. It's not the strategies that you lack. It is the beliefs that are keeping you from experiencing what you desire to have in life. All beliefs have consequences. In this talk, you'll learn where beliefs came from. You'll learn how to discover the unconscious, subconscious beliefs that are holding you back, how to surface them and become aware of them. Then you'll learn how to eliminate or dissociate from them and then how to create empowering alternatives that will give you an incredibly different experience of life. All of that available for free at MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free.
0: You have just given us so much value. Thank you so much. And we can't leave without hearing your quote. What's your favorite quote that you want to share with us, Cliff?
1: My favorite quote that I'm going to share today is, I do not judge the success of each day by the harvest that I reap, but by the seeds that I plant.
0: I love this one. The seed analogy is so good.
1: And what I love about this, especially as I relate this to this 10-step formula, I don't judge the success of each day by did I achieve my goal, but what actions did I take, no matter how small that seed is. It might have been the size of a mustard seed, but man, I did something today that was meaningful, that contributed towards the momentum that's pushing me toward the realization of what I desire.
0: Back to that step eight, right? That taking action that can be so hard sometimes. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you, Cliff, for joining me. This was such a pleasure and so good to have you on the podcast. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time.